Zach Wilson, I think, can actually be a league winner, right? Like, I think that Zach Wilson can actually be that go-to guy. And, you know, you probably made that – you probably got that championship belt last year, right? We oh, went yeah. from, Kings? from trophies yeah. – dude, the Kings belt. Like, that. I saw that belt. I didn't realize how heavy that belt was. That's a big sucker, man. You see the picture I tweeted my grandma with it? <laughs> no, I missed that. That's awesome. It was was so she able funny. to pick it up, or did you have to like put it on like her shoulder? She was outside, and she's like freaking ninety. Like she was outside just watering the flowers, and I was like, "Oh, Oma, like come look at this belt real quick." I was just gonna show it to her, and she takes it and throws it on her shoulder, and is like, "Walking <laughs> Dude, around that thing's with like forty-five pounds or something." I know. I was heavy. like, "I was like, oh my, that thing weighs half your freaking size." Like, what are you doing? 10 out of 10 for me, man. That shit was legit. I We did a bulk order, I think, because like the past champions were able to uh, apply for it. So yep. it was a hundred bucks each, man. Hey, I, you know, I, I lose a hundred bucks on a, on a regular UFC card trying to trying to bet on whatever's going on. So at least that one gets to uh, stay in my mantle for a while. So trophysmack.com. Dude, they got these trophies that are like three or four feet tall. Like they're insane. You can get one with, like fishbowls on it. You can get one with like bobbleheads on it. It is sick, man. You guys got to go check out trophysmack.com. I mean, you heard it. Ian didn't even know. And he literally vouched for the company without even knowing the news vouching for it. Go check out trophysmack.com. While you're there, go enter in promo code CIRCLE. Once again, that's promo code CIRCLE. You will get a free ring valued at 60 bucks. So go check out trophysmack.com. Go enter in the promo code CIRCLE to get your free ring. Smith got 33 carries and six targets. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. I, I like him. So 40, 40, wherever almost 40 touches in a single yeah. game. That's yeah. crazy. Wherever DeAndre Swift is playing, I think you should also fluctuate the dose score. Oh, he's going to crush this week. DeAndre Swift is gonna melt faces this week. Intervention. Now here to intervene with your fantasy life, Shane Manila, Jacob Sanderson, and Chase Vernon. Welcome on into Fantasy Intervention. We have another episode coming at you guys with Shane, Jacob, and myself. Whew, we are off to a great start talking about HIPAA, talking about bridges falling into the water, talking about just Canada as a whole, and Teddy Bridgewater. So, oh my God, this is this is about to be a giant massacre of a show. I'm just warning you guys right now, but I'm excited for it. I'm here for it. Week 11 is absolutely insane. Hopefully it lives up to the... I don't know if we can call it expectations of week nine and 10, uh, more so than the mishaps of week nine and 10. But guess what? Guess what? We're here for you and we're here to talk about it. Big shout out to Toronto Dave jumping Ooh. in there. I told you this shirt made the stash pop. I told you the shirt well, just, is making the stash pop. I'm, I'm excited. Okay, but, well, yeah, it is. But he says that he can't look away. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Like, what do people want to look away? No, I think people should have the option to look away. Yeah. It's a car wreck look can't look away type of deal. This like, thing is gorgeous. Like you know you're going to see something that you don't want to ever see again and that you'll never be able to get out of your head again, but something makes you look. And you're like, don't do it, dude. Like there's a reason there's a sheet over that car. And you're like, I'm just going to peek real quick. And then you see it, and then you can't sleep for five days. 
that's basically Chase's mustache. So if you guys want to go follow us on YouTube, if you're listening to the podcast, youtube.com slash fantasy. You have to listen to the podcast version because you want us to deal with the stash. Yeah, youtube.com slash fantasy intervention. Go find us on Spotify, Apple, pretty much every major platform at fantasy intervention. Dave brings up how is he supposed to absorb the info with this gorgeous stash just sitting here on my upper lip. Sir, you might have to close your eyes for a little bit when we actually get to the content part, although there's very little of that in most of these episodes. If you want so, to absorb info, Dave, just just focus on when, when Shane and I are speaking. <laughs> oh, man, real quick, Shane, where can we find you? Uh, you know, where can we, we find your content real quick? We're going to start uh, out. We're going way. backwards. Okay, so you yeah. can find me writing for DLF and Fantasy Data um, every day on Dynasty Trades in 5. Uh, once a week on Dynasty Trades HQ, once a week on this show, once every couple weeks on Mannequin Chill, and that is it. It's a lot. Oh, thank you, Dave, by the way, for loving my stash. Jacob, where can we find you? Yeah, so normally you can find me uh, every Wednesday here. You can find me every Friday on the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast every Saturday with no free squares on the Full Tilt Network. And then you can find me on playerprofiler.com with the Pareto Principles every Friday, usually sometimes Saturday for the DFS piece. And you can find me in the Bulletproof Discord. However, uh, with exam season coming up, my schedule and appearances are about to be reduced here over the next few weeks. So uh, you'll find me on one of the next three Wednesdays, uh, one or two of the next uh, three Fridays. Uh, no, no free squares after this Saturday. This Saturday will be the last one for a little bit. Uh, and then you'll still be able to find me in the bulletproof discord i can get back to you and you'll find me on twitter just a little bit less than i have been and then come uh week 14 week 15 week 16 i'll be back full throttle so chase you're on mute i am uh i just want to say personally i think it's fucking uh selfish of chase or of jacob to focus on school and law school i mean Come on, is law school? I don't know why I'm air quoting it. Really, because that's not really law in Canada. It's like bird law. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't even know where I was going with that. Chase, where can we find you? <laughs> well, real quick, Dustin in the chat wants to see if we're taking questions. We are absolutely taking starter six questions uh, for week 11. So yeah, bring your starter sick questions. We'll be answering them periodically throughout our show. Sheet. I only come go- on the show for the listener questions. Like Chase has all these gimmicks and things on the show sheet. I don't, I still don't understand. Like I, I understand that the pick the players, but he has all these other prompts. We're on week 11. I, I don't think that Shane and I could name one of your other prompts or have ever read them on this show sheet. <laughs> <laughs> like we just hey. straight to the pick. You yeah, guys. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm every time you go into one of them, I'm like, Oh, is this a new thing? This is a new thing. I don't remember doing this. We're uh, looking for somebody who might have been dropped four weeks ago, was since added, but then redropped and is put on the trade block. But you've only received the 23 third pick. Anybody in mind? Did we even get a show sheet this week? Yes, you got a show sheet this week, Shane. Sure. All right, let's do a quick recap for my first prompt. Uh, Man, Jacob. You are so far ahead of us right now. You're at 30. Shane's at 16. I'm at 17. Oh and uh, yeah, we I thought I was going to have a week where we actually got to keep you know catch up with you. I noticed <laughs> that I had two top 12 finishes and both those guys finished at the top of their position only to find out that you, you snuck out a running back and a wide receiver because both of Shane's picks and my picks bombed <laughs> it. 
So if you guys are wondering what I'm talking about, we actually do a little game at the end where we pick players that finish outside the top 15 for quarterbacks and tight ends and outside the top 20 for running backs and wide receivers that could finish as a RB1 or whatever Chase, it is at the position. I, can I just can I just tell something to our listeners and viewers, though? Because maybe it's the first time they're listening or viewing us, right? I want you to understand, this is clearly not our strength. This is done against my will, um, largely. Um, I don't know, man. We, we crushed it this week. Uh, I, even still, this isn't the biggest strength, all right? Answering your questions, I believe, is our big, biggest strength. And that's what I think we should wait, focus on. Wait, but wait, I don't what, have... if, what, if, what if the questions are, who should I start? <laughs> because well, we're not gonna... Outside of the top 20? Uh, you know what I mean? If we have to pick darts, I mean, I'm going to tell you. That's not a dart. That's an RB. That's a back end yeah, RB2. So, so back end listeners, listeners only have top 20 options. The next time a listen, if a listener lists anyone outside the top 20, Shane's just going to say I'll tell you top. what. We can drop this category in week 17 during championship week. All right? Heck no. That, I'm gonna, I have to miss two weeks. You guys are going to catch up. I'm going to need to extend my lead again. Oh, we're doubling the points those week. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, we are. All right, so, yeah, we stuck to running back wide receiver this past week. However, we did uh, – we nailed all three of our tight end picks. All three of our tight end picks finished inside the top ten. Uh, I believe I ended up leading that with Hunter Henry, which I know you wanted, and then I wanted oh, Tyler Conklin. Turns out they switched, yeah. but it was yeah, second four and touchdowns. fourth. Uh, Jacob snuck Henneke in at uh, quarterback 12, and I had Tannehill at uh, quarterback eight. What was the more impressive drive? Taylor Heineke's – 10 and a half minute drive to finish off the bucks or the drive by John Elway. Oh, definitely. Uh, tr uh, Trevor Simeon. Taylor Heineke. Dude, that was a boss move by, by the Washington offense as a whole. I mean, they were driving the, the Buccaneers defenders back, like off the ball, allowing for running. It was just crazy, man. It was absolutely crazy. Uh, it was it was a fun drive to watch, but it was you also very boring. I'm pretty sure Shane, if he was watching it, he fell asleep about two to three plays in. I didn't realize I until that. two hours later when Twitter <laughs> told me that it was one drive. I, I just like I'm watching Red Zone, right? It lasts. I'm kind of so keeping tabs on, on some of the games that I have the most investment in with DFS and stuff. And I, I mean, I I played like two Brady stacks, two Heineke stacks. I'd long given up on those. When I would just check periodically, I'd be like, oh. And be like, oh, Washington has the ball back. You know, Tampa Bay must have punted. Oh, Washington has the ball back. Tampa Bay must have punted again. Like, I, I just thought they kept getting the ball back. <laughs> and then Twitter told me it was one drive. I was like, oh, my God, it's been an hour. Dude, it, it was absolutely insane. It was actually – I mean, it was crazy to watch, especially because Tampa Bay, they allow big plays to happen up against their secondary. Meanwhile, their, their front seven is actually pretty stout normally. So you don't get these long drives up against Tampa Bay. It was absolutely incredible. All right, let's go over something really quick, and then I'm, we're going to hop into some uh, some listener questions. If you guys have the show sheet up, I want to do something new. This is I the first time we it. we actually are doing this. Go check the Twitter chat. Oh, Wednesday um, week 11. Okay. <laughs> so I want to do something with the dose score, right, where we talk about the pass catching running backs. And I want to pick if there's any surprises out uh, for you guys as to the defenses that might have allowed a pass catcher to go off that normally does not or a pass catcher or a defense who normally allows pass catchers to absolutely smash up against them when it comes to the running back position, but actually held strong. So I'm going to start with mine and it's going to be Najee Harris. Uh, I, I don't know what happened with the Steelers game. The Steelers Lions game was absolutely, I mean, it was a shit show. 
Overall, the dose score crushed it this week. But for some reason, the Detroit Lions were 32nd up against pass catching running backs. Uh, they just faltered up against Najee Harris. And so I'm trying to figure out as to why. And I went back, went back and watched the game film. And he was open time and time and time again, you know, running routes out of the backfield. Meanwhile, Mason Rudolph was terrible. He was just throwing All inaccurate right. passes downfield. <laughs> it was brutal. And we know that Big Ben likes to, draw, uh, likes to dump it off. So as for Najee Harris uh, managers, right, don't freak out about this. Don't don't sit there and think that Najee Harris isn't going to be involved in the passing game. We just need to see Ben Roethlisberger back up underneath center. But it was very surprising. Does this does this make you somewhat concerned though, as a Harris dynasty manager? Because I think this has been sort of the question with Harris all year. You know, he's I think there's been a lot of debate on on what he was a prospect, right? Some people thought he was an incredible prospect. Some people thought he was kind of an okay prospect. Goes in round one, obviously that's really good. Uh, but specifically the pass catching, right? He was never really much of a pass catcher until senior year uh, when he stepped it up at Alabama as a very old college senior. And then you see all these targets coming from Pittsburgh, but we know that it's this is how it's always been in this Pittsburgh offense with Big Ben, right? Bell got a million targets. D'Angelo Williams would fill in and get a million targets. James Conner got a million targets. Like, I don't know if you would describe a James Conner, for instance, as a natural pass catching running back. Like how... If you have Harris I mean, and Dynasty, he's capable. But I'm, I'm saying, like, he's not exactly – he's not Christian McCaffrey up there, right? Like, he's he's a guy – he can run the release outlet receiver, catch the ball, and, and go along. But he's not, like – he's not a game-changing pass catcher. So, with Harris, I mean, I think he kind of falls into a bit of that archetype. He's certainly a competent pass catcher, obviously, we've seen. But, like, do you think if, if Big Ben's gone next year, which seems pretty likely because he's real washed – uh, you know, can we count on Najee continuing this target volume? Uh, or do you think he recedes a little bit to where, you know, he's still an RB1, but maybe more of a back-end RB1, not a top-five guy? Um, he's definitely going to uh, recede, obcede, regress, whatever you want to call it. Because he's – what's he getting, seven targets a game? How many targets is he getting? He's got, like, the Something second like – He's getting a lot. Last I looked, he had, like, first or second most receptions for a running back. And that's not even really – like you were saying, it's not really like his game. I mean, he's fine for a couple dump offs. That's if you want to run a successful offense, you might dump the ball off to him twice, but you definitely don't want him catching the ball eight times a game. Um, I think if they ever get a real quarterback there, there's going to be issues. The only problem is, is are they ever going to get a real quarterback there? They might try to roll out Ben's corpse again next year because they have no plan yeah, in place no. to replace him. Please no. And, please no. I can't walk Big Ben. Yeah, I can't do it. Their offensive line as well is completely like just, I mean, oh, demolished. So where do they go with, if they do try to like, you know, take some sort of, you know, I think Aaron Rodgers, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be in Pittsburgh next year. Well, I mean, and then here, so they, Aaron Jones gets uh, a good target share, but Aaron yeah. Jones is a far superior pass catcher than anything. Um, Najee Harris is. I did hear Chase trying to convince people that um, AJ Dillon's a better pass catcher than um, Aaron Jones. So maybe we can compare. Yeah, I know. Maybe we can compare uh, AJ Dillon to Najee Harris. And, and well, another big thing though with with the Packers running backs is they have one wide receiver, right? So their that, offense, that their offense is we have one wide receiver. Either Devontae Adams is open, we throw it to Devontae Adams. If he's not open, then we we have to throw the running back because Lazard, Valdez Scantling, Mercedes. I mean, those guys just don't get open. They're they're just running routes. They're they're not a part of the offense. So it's, you know, if they added it, if they ever added a second wide receiver, I don't know if we'd see that sort of level of target volumes. 
Uh, yeah, and that's the thing. If you look at the Steelers, the way they're built, they have, all right, even if you just want to say two wide receivers and disregard Juju, right? But you have two wide receivers that are built to be high volume and high impact players. Like, honestly, you want Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool to get 10 to 15 targets a game. Like, you want that um, if your offense is going to run successfully, which should cut into the running back targets. Like, what about should... Ray Ray McLeod? He was getting Ray Ray targets. McLeod tearing it up, baby. He had 13 <laughs> targets or 12 targets <laughs> last week, targets baby. 12. You know, a lot of targets, a lot of targets, a lot so, of targets for Ray Ray. Is there any other running back on this slate that, that stood out a little bit to you? Because, I mean, for the most part, the dose score, the dump-off containment efficiency score, which you guys can find at fantasyintervention.com. Just go to fantasyintervention.com. Go up to the top, click on the DOCE score, the dose score, uh, where you can actually tell good defenses up against pass-catching running backs and bad defenses up against pass-catching running backs. Uh, it pretty much held strong. Uh, the only outlier in the good defenses was Carter and, and Johnson over there for the Jets. But, I mean, they're going to get yeah, peppered with the volume Mike White with Mike index. White. Like, that, that's very difficult to defend. Yeah. I mean, I got one then, weird circumstance. So you're going to have to build in some kind of regression model into this that accounts for horrible, horrible quarterback play, <laughs> such as the Jets, because the Jets are an anomaly, right? That most teams aren't going to target their running backs 20 times a game. But they well, exist. We've been saved. We got we got Joe Flacco now. We got an elite quarterback. But they do exist. So you got to just you know put that like that special case in the like oh guys we got to break this out because we have a jet situation this week. So you know what I mean? Like the dose score's got to be. I got to play with my. I got to play with my regression model a little bit. Well, so I actually do have a back end model of this, which I'm going to be releasing in 2022. <laughs> Ooh. Where you're gonna have to pay to get the pass catching running backs that will be the emergency break glass type running backs that might not apply to the dose score. Oh wow. Yeah. I, uh, what was yours, Jacob? Yeah, so this one maybe it's not as much about like the, the dose score failing you. It's just really weird game script failing you. But the the Tampa situation, yeah. Tampa walk <laughs> situation, right? I mean this week, like I, I was throwing J.D. McKissick into so many lineups. I, I was so ready to rock the J.D. McKissick experience. I mean, Tampa is like everything you want for J.D. McKissick in theory, mm. right? They, they snuff out the run. You can't run on them. You're probably going to lose, and they give up a bunch of a dump offs. So I was, I was honestly expecting like 12 targets for J.D. McKissick in this game. I was so pumped. And then it started great. He was getting a lot of targets early. It's just, you know, they, they take over the game. I, I think that the way I would look at this is maybe it's not the, the dose score situation, but just projecting forward, like obviously it's nice that Gibson, you know, got the carries over Patterson, right? We didn't have to deal with Jarrett Patterson in our lives anymore. So you can breathe somewhat of a sigh of relief for Gibson, but I, I still think that he, he's a big sell candidate just because like he, I mean, he still wasn't efficient in this game. Hard to say if that's him or, or just Tampa because, you know, under three yards of carry against Tampa, a lot of people have that experience. But Unless the reality, you're Khalil I mean, J.D. McKissick was still playing a lot of snaps and was still integrally involved in a game that they led the entire time, right? So to me, like, if, if you're not going to get Gibson out there playing like 80% of snaps, you know, in a game that they lead the whole time, it's kind of like, what's the point uh, to me with, with Antonio Gibson? Everything went perfectly in this game. He falls into the end zone twice. He still only gets two targets. Washington is not a good team. I mean, it's nice that their defense looks a lot better, but I still don't think they're going to be more than a 500 team at best the rest of the way, uh, and you're going to have more painful weeks incoming. So I think if people read this and see, like, we're back to what we wanted in the preseason with Gibson, I, I don't know about that. 
No, I think we've we've I this breaks my heart to say, but I think we've seen that they're just not going to involve Gibson in the 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 passing game the way we want. I think for whatever reason it's going to be two targets. Um, It doesn't matter that he's a superior player to JD um, average McKissick. Um, Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what we think, but it's just going to be what happens. But yeah, I mean they gave him what 24 24 rushing attempts, 24 carries, I believe. A lot of carries. It was like high. 33 opportunities or something like that too, wasn't it? Uh, well, if he only had two targets, 24. Oh yeah. Okay. Never mind. I, that was somebody else that must have seen. 30. Oh, that was Swift DeAndre Swift. Got, that Swift was got 33 years. carries yeah. and six targets. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. I, I like him. So <laughs> 40, 40, wherever almost 40 touches in a single yeah. game. That's <laughs> yeah. crazy. Wherever DeAndre Swift is playing, I think you should also fluctuate the dose score. Oh, he's going to crush this week. DeAndre Swift is going to melt faces this week. Uh, I don't remember the matchup. Oh, I think it's the it's the Raiders. I don't know. I'll look into it here in a minute. But, no, Raiders for the Bengals. Okay, I, I took Kenyon Drake. That's why. Anyways, let's go ahead and move on and get some of these listener questions in real quick. All right, let's go with the first one from Dustin over here. Bateman or Stevenson? One point per reception. How y'all thinking? Rashad. Bait men. Um, well, he started with the raw. That could have gone either way. Yeah. Uh, Stevenson, um, unfortunately, Damian Harris is practicing this week. Um, I hate being this cliche, but you literally can't trust Bill Belichick. I mean, you can't. The only thing that you can trust is that Brandon Bolden's going to get 25 to 40% um, snap share <laughs> and literally anywhere from five to 10 opportunities. And then who knows what Stevenson, I mean, if you just based it off the play last week, you'd be like, this guy deserves another chance. But I mean, it's not like Harry, uh, Damian Harris did anything not to, you know, to lose the job and it's Belichick. So I'm just going to have to go with Bateman because I feel like it's safer. Yeah, I would go with Bateman. First off, Chase uh, Swift and the Lions play the Browns this week. Uh, who Ramondre Stevenson just, uh, just put up the RB1 overall performance against, of course. But uh, I would go with Rashad Bateman in this one. I think that Stevenson has earned a role, but I think that the role he has earned is just going to make everyone unplayable when they're all healthy, uh, unfortunately. Like, I, I think he's more likely to make Damian Harris unplayable than he is to make himself playable, if that makes sense. Because you're going to see Bolden, you know, he's going to get his 30%. He plays little long-distance snaps, long-down-and-distance snaps. Then you got that other 70%. And that used to be about 50% Harris and 20% Ramondre, which made Harris viable. And I think that's going to be split more like 40-30 going forward. And and it just makes everyone really, really uh, touchdown dependent, frankly. (laughs) So Ramondre Stevenson, Ramondre Stevenson's best performance thus far in the season, aside from week 10, was in week six. And the following week, he was benched. (laughs) <laughs> when Damian Harris was healthy. So this is the type of stuff that happens with Bill Belichick. I, I'm 100% We're gonna, Bateman on this, and this is probably one of the very few times that I pick Bateman over you know some of the other options. I, I will say quickly, like I really love what I saw to Ramondre. For, if we take this from like a dynasty lens, or certainly if Harris is to get hurt again, like I'm seeing, I'm more interested in Ramondre from a dynasty perspective, honestly, than I am in Harris. Even though I don't expect Ramondre to necessarily be better than Harris when both are healthy in the immediacy. Damian Harris has never shown at any level of his life, frankly, that he's a plus pass catcher. Uh, and certainly um, with the Patriots. I mean, he was 
he was okay, okay at plus, Bama. He was pretty good at Bama. He was serviceable at Bama. He was, he was never like a volume pass catcher. I would say, so like, here's good, right? Here's serviceable. I'd say he was like whatever that meaty part right there is. Okay. All right. Wait, 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 okay, wait, wait. wait. But can you even can you even take a Alabama running back right at over the past like three or four years and say that they were a bad pass catcher when you had the options on offense, the wide receivers that they've had come out of Alabama? Well, well no, it's more, not about bad. It's just it's yeah, just not like he, it's not like the not, I don't think Jacob's bad pass based catcher, off the volume. Just we we never really saw him featured as a pass yeah, catcher yeah. Alabama. And and maybe he has that skill set. I don't know. But then we certainly haven't seen it in the NFL at any point. So at, at this point, I would say that either he does not have the skill set or he does. And if they haven't used it by midway through year three, then I, I don't think that they're going to anymore. Uh, you know, and, and similar with Sony Michelle, who actually did come into the league as a noted pass catcher. And then they decided we're never throwing you the ball. With Ramondre, they have thrown the ball. And they've actually thrown the ball in creative ways. Like he, he ran that uh, angle route down the middle against Dallas. It's not just dump offs with him. And and I sort of view Ramondre in the way that I, I would view like a Rex Burkhead, but just way better in that one season. Do you remember the one season when mm-hmm. I forget who got injured, but they basically just had Burkhead and Lewis for the whole season. And you sort of had Lewis, who was mostly only a pass catcher. And then you had Burkhead, who had this nice, really nice fantasy friendly role where he only played about half the snaps, but he got all the goal line work and then he got all the pass down situation work. And it was like, man, this is, you, you get all the touches that we want. <laughs> it is kind of nice. Um, I think it was when they had Gillisley there and Gillisley didn't really pan out. And I see Ramondre is kind of similar. I, I like his prospect profile. He was second in the entire class in yards per route run as a receiver at Oklahoma. The only uh, 2021 running back who performed better in that metric was of course, Kenny Gainwell. Uh, and then you get, <laughs> the South <laughs> score. Shane, you want to check the chair? <laughs> Toronto the Dave said the chain and machine. The South <laughs> score. Sorry, I lost it. I had to throw it off. Sorry to interrupt your, your steal. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, man, this show. This is a shit show. Containment efficiency. Anyhow, all I was going to say is in this class, we came into this year. We should have been believing strongly Stephen Zinke catch passes. He was second in the class in yards per route run, also fourth in the whole class in elusive rating. Uh, you know, and that that's your ability to uh, create force missed tackles in the open field. So I, I think Stevenson's really interesting. And I think in Dynasty, I mean, whether it's after Harris's time, whether he usurps Harris, we, we know that Belichick doesn't care about draft capital. We know that if Stevenson eventually earns his trust, you know, he can work into that role. And I, I don't think he's ever going to get a workhorse role because it's New England. But I think that whatever role he creates is going to comprise of very valuable touches. All right. So let's hop on to this next question real quick. We have Tim in the chat. Evening, guys. So I'm in need of a, of a running back help this week. I currently have Kamara Hunt, who's out this week, Dearness Johnson, Cleo Herbert, Jordan Howard, Jeff Wilson Jr. What the hell am I to do this week? Hey, 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 heck. Okay. Heck well, to do this yeah, watch your fucking mouth. Come on. <laughs> This is a Christian radio station. Fucking kids, um, bitch. God damn it. Yeah, my kids are on the fucking sofa right behind us. You're not, um, you're not in your room anymore? No. Um, <laughs> Dude, I, that last week, if you guys did not watch last week, go back to the tail episode. end of last week and just watch the last like five minutes on YouTube, <laughs> youtube.com slash fantasy intervention. I literally could not even finish the show. I just tapped out and I said, all right, good night, guys. I'm done. <laughs> um couple things. Uh, Kamara practiced today, so he might go. 
And um, Tony Jones. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tony Jones. <laughs> I love back. how he froze like that for a brief second. <laughs> um, and Elijah Mitchell not practicing with a broken finger, so Jeff Wilson might be an option. Um, <laughs> no. Otherwise, you're screwed with that bunch because Jordan Howard is going to be in some type of committee. I wouldn't drop him yet because we don't know that Sanders is definitely going to play. But if Sanders plays, there it's going to be some type of messy committee. Um, Isn't Elijah Mitchell out for two to four weeks? No, no, no. They they they're still saying he's they're saying he's going to play, this, play week. this week, which I don't what? believe. But I saw an update saying. that said two to four weeks for Elijah Mitchell. No, you didn't. I swear I did because that I was, was like the first time he was injured. T- take a look. I, I don't. I don't know. I did not see that. The last I saw was Kyle Shannon said he's probably going to play, and I, I don't believe him because I don't think that he's going to play with a broken finger. But that tells me at least it's not very long term. Yeah. Well, Playerprofiler.com had that. That's who it was. But go ahead. Keep talking. Um, I'm just going by process of elimination. Darius Johnson's not going to get much of a run if Chubb's there. Khalil Herbert, we saw it doesn't exist when David Montgomery was back. Um, it literally leaves you Jordan Howard or Jeff Wilson, and you hope either Sanders doesn't come back or Mitchell is out. Otherwise, I don't know what to tell you, man. Who I, I don't know who else is on your waivers at this point of the season, but it might behoove you to go check it out or try to make a trade. Um, yeah, so- yeah, I would go. I would go Wilson, I guess, just based on. Um, I mean, even if Mitchell plays, right? Like we we've seen the Niners do all sorts of janky shit with their backfield. Like I. It would not shock me if Mitchell's like made an emergency only back playing with a broken finger, right? It gets, it's sort of just, I mean, Kyle Shanahan fears two things in life, I think. I think he fears Mike Shanahan greatly and he fears his disapproval. And then, second of all, he fears playing Trey Sermon. So I could easily see him going into this game and saying, okay, I'm, I'm Jeff Wilson's our bell cow today because Elijah Mitchell has a broken finger. But if Jeff Wilson gets hurt, I need to have a non-sermon option at my disposal. Uh, and, and I think yeah, sermon, sermon, I, of all the, the outcomes um, in all the universes, parallel and otherwise in string theory, the only outcome I can't see is sermon getting any run. Yeah, I certainly can't see that outcome. Also, uh, Chubb is still on the COVID list, so if, if he misses, obviously you're playing Dearness Johnson. Yeah. Oof, all right. All right. Yeah. I'm, I was looking at player profiler. It says two to four weeks for surgery, but yeah, well, uh, that might just be like they're like, they have all these like lists of like what averages and stuff are for certain injuries, but I don't know. Everything that's come from the team says that it's not going to be long-term. Uh, of course, Will Fuller, uh, his finger injuries last. Oh my God, dude. That's so bad. It's so bad. All right. Ferris in the chat wants to know, do we trust Ramondre mm. Stevenson? As a flex play this week with Damien Harris back, we pretty much covered it for the most part, Ferris. If you have any other questions, please put them back in the chat as well. All right, Tim in the chat. Were people taking them out? Because you said put them back in the chat. Were people taking out comments from the chat? Holy shit, Tim. (laughs) (laughs) Then it turned out. I'm not even on the screen anymore. (laughs) All right, so (laughs) Tim wants to know once again. At tight end, I have Waller and Henry. Waller has been disappointing me. Meanwhile, Henry has scored at least one touchdown per game since week four, expect, uh, except for one week. Do I keep Waller and let Henry ride a bench, or do I trade Waller and make Henry my starter for the rest of the season? This is a good question because Henry – I got like, a really similar not, question in my DMs today. You're, was it from you're Tim? Not, was no. it from Tim? <laughs> no, it was, it was basically this question but with Hawkinson instead of Waller. 
Oh, Hawkinson's tough too, especially when you're, you know, you're running the ball 33 times with DeAndre Swift every game. <laughs> so here, and Hawkinson doesn't see the targets. Here's the thing. Waller's still seeing targets, right? And at the end of the day, trust the process, blah, blah, wait, blah. Wait, 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 wait. Is what? this a trade alert, trade alert question? Trade be. alert! Uh, I don't think he actually has a trade on the offer. So no, you, I, just, you, I you, just wanted to make it cool. You shot that one out a little trade quick. Trade ponderance alert. Um, trade ponderance. <laughs> I mean, if <laughs> you're looking at... If you feel the need to make a trade, obviously Waller's probably going to get a better return, and you might want to do that for a running back. Um, but I wouldn't trade him at any discount, to be quite honest with you. Um, the only way I would trade him is if someone's going to pay me the Waller prices they were paying in week two or three. What were the Waller prices? Like it, We're talking about RB15 and above, RB12 and above, two, RB10 Two-week access to a timeshare in Mexico and uh, a one-year gift card to free Fresh Lights pizza for a year. There I also go. want a massage. So, yeah, RB wait, okay, 14 and above. RB 14 and above? Okay. So no, what wait. class? Sorry. The, no, none of our listeners care, but that just bugged me out. I, I made this joke in a league chat two days ago where someone asked me what I got and trade for something. And I said, two-week access to a timeshare in Mexico, free pizza for a year, and a massage. And this time I only used two of the jokes and then you added the massage <laughs> and I just freaked the hell out. <laughs> oh my God. That's weird. <laughs> I'll show you the text after. <laughs> that's insane. weird as hell. Sorry. That's, that's why my eyes that's went great. on my skull. Anyway, yeah, you yeah, did kind of freak out. There. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, I was like, are you in that league? Uh, anyway, <laughs> Waller, well, Waller uh, has seen seven targets in every game, but one Hunter Henry's only seen seven targets in one game. So I would just trust the process. Ooh, oof. I, I have to play matchups, you know, like we saw, we see certain matchups up against tight ends and, you know, what they're allowing, especially when it comes to red zone targets. I mean, you don't want to chase uh, touchdowns. Like this is some a point that somebody else made earlier uh, where they were like, hey, you know, why do we chase touchdowns with Hunter Henry? And it's because touchdowns are a little bit more indicative with tight ends than they are with wide receivers. Uh, you know, we, we saw Brown's tight ends almost every single week last year. You know, finish with a tight or with a touchdown because that's what they do. They run the play action fake in the red zone. It's very similar to the Vikings as well. So, uh, you know, when it comes to the Patriots, it looks like that's what they're doing this year. It's part of their game plan. You know, they pound the rock a couple times inside the red zone and then they hit, you know, their, their tight ends with a play action or, or, you know, an out route. So I think that the Hunter Henry, like, you know, getting these touchdowns is indicative of what is to come however you have to kind of follow the game script you have to see hey are they going to be in the red zone enough times throughout a game are they you know how are the the tight ends defended uh how are are the defenses doing up against the the tight ends in the red zone in particular so yeah anyways that's think, where i'm going with that I think one. henry is like now obviously it's out the window now with chase edmonds gone but he he's like the james connor of tight ends where like there's more reason to believe that he's going to get touchdowns than virtually any other tight end. But you also know if he doesn't score a touchdown, he's probably giving you like three points. Dare I say Eric Ebron. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Eric From Ebron, the Colts era. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was a fun season. <laughs> had, what, how many touchdowns did he have? Like 13? 13. He had 13 yeah. that year. That was crazy. That was crazy. All right. So let's move on to our first segment and then we'll get back to the questions here in a minute. Oh shit. We have segments. Oh, yes. It's the segment where we pick the quarterbacks, Shane. We pick the quarterbacks. We're picking the quarterbacks outside the top 15 to finish inside of the top 12. In other words, for the people that stream quarterbacks. First up this week for me is Justin Fields. 
and I believe it was Wyatt that brought it to my attention. I, I meant to look it up and I forgot. So sorry, Wyatt, if it or sorry, whoever you are, <laughs> if it wasn't Wyatt. But uh, he mentioned the blitz rate and the lack of sacks the Ravens have like accrued thus far in the mm. season. Uh, they're actually getting they're blitzing, I believe, the third most uh, thus far on the season, according to PFR, Pro Football Reference. However, they aren't turning that pressure rate into anything. They're I think like they're a pass or they're third in pressure rate, but they're not turning those into sacks. They're like bottom twenty, I believe, in, in sacks thus far on the season. So he proposed the thought that hey, Justin Fields has the Ravens. They, you know, they could end up putting pressure on him, which would force him to run. And it made me kind of wonder. I'm like, dude, that actually could happen because the Ravens, I went back and looked at it, they haven't played any rushing quarterbacks. The most mobile quarterback they played thus far in the season was Jacoby Brissett for like a quarter or two. And then they played Derek Carr, who rushed for 27 or 37 yards against them. I mean, that's the, those are the two most mobile quarterbacks they face, which is, I mean, that's just telling you right there. Like, they haven't mm-hmm. faced anybody. So, yeah, they have contained quarterbacks, but they haven't played any rushing ones. My concern, though, is when I did the breakdown, right, the fantasy intervention, uh, fantasyintervention.com, I did a breakdown of the quarterbacks and their situations. And I broke down Justin Fields, and I talked about how he's actually one of the worst quarterbacks in sensing pressure because of his uh, his sack rate that he took in college, uh, his inability to get balls out. And although he's built like a big-ass dude like who can break tackles, right? he broke a ton of attempted sacks or a bunch of tackles in the backfield. Uh, you know, he, he still got hit a whole ton. And this is the professional level. Justin Fields has not been reading pressure well either way. So it could be a home run situation. So wait, are you trashing Justin Fields even though he's your pick? He's my pick. But I, this is this is where I want to go. All right. So he's my pick for this week, but it's kind of like a home run. Like it, it, you're swinging for the fences. You're either going to get significant amount of points from him from the rushing upside, or you're going to end up with like five points. So if you have a team, right, that needs big time points, because maybe you're playing the first place team and you're in like sixth place and your running back situation is shit, like we talked about up top with uh, uh, whoever it was. Like if you need a big ass performance from a quarterback, Justin Fields could be that answer. Now he could also lose you the week, but he could rack up a shit ton of points this week. I'm going with Justin Fields as my pick. Uh, I will take another quarterback who's known to hold on to the ball a little too long, a quarterback who really likes to take a sack, a quarterback who fumbles a lot in the pocket. Uh, I'm going to go with Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones this week facing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Last week I got that QB1 performance barely against Tampa with Taylor Heineke, and I'm following a pretty similar logic. They will probably not have Vita Vea this week on that fearsome front four uh, for Tampa Bay. That's a really big loss. That's a lot of man meat taken out of there. Uh, I expect Daniel to have a little bit more time in the pocket without all of that interior pressure coming up from Vea. And then he's going to get an opportunity probably to play comeback mode uh, against this Tampa Bay secondary that, uh, I mean, Richard Sherman has sucked, so I don't think his injury is necessarily a, a big loss. But if they were playing him and he sucked, that tells you about how bad the people are behind him. So I, I think that Daniel Jones is going to have a lot of open receivers. Uh, coming off the bye, Saquon is expected to be back. Uh, Kadarius Tony, Kenny Galladay should be closer to full health. Maybe they even get Sterling Shepard. We'll see. Uh, I, I think that Daniel Dimes Jones uh, is going to have quite a uh, nice fantasy day for you. All right, Shane. 
Oh, I'm just listening for a fire truck to go by because, of course, it is. Um, whoever's setting fires in Philadelphia, please stop doing it, you know, whenever I'm recording. So, like, if you could not start your arsons in the far northeast, you know, between 9 and 10 on Wednesdays, that'd be awesome. Um, I'm going with McCorkle Jones um, playing Falcons defense, gives up third most fantasy points um, a game to the quarterback position. McCorkle is coming off a top five quarterback week. Um, Atlanta is just good enough, I think, not to get blown out so that McCorkle will have to throw just enough that he's going to sneak yeah, inside great the top last 12. Week. Well, you know, look. Good, he, thing, good thing I didn't pick Matt Ryan last week. I, I've done it a lot. He didn't do <laughs> he didn't well. He didn't do well. But, the, you know, they're going to. Heard me bad in one league. Da- Daniel Jones actually way. outscored Matt Ryan last week. A lot of people sco- outscored Matt Ryan last week. <laughs> Yeah, I'm saying Daniel Jones was on bye, and he outscored Matt Ryan. Uh, well, Matt Ryan was the QB 74. <laughs> oh, it was bad. It was bad. All right, so let's go on to Sorry, another you question. You, you wanted to say beautiful things about McCorkle. Was that all? That was it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jamal wants to know, how are you all doing today? Um, should I pick up? Trevor, Samim, Kirk Cousins, or Mac Jones, ESPN PPR League, if Kyler can't play. Stafford is the other quarterback. So, I mean, I think we just answered it. I think it's going to be Mac Jones this week, right? Like, Mac Jones should be the answer. I I would, I would rather play Cousins, but I'm fine with Mac Jones, too. Who does Cousins have on the slate? Green, Green Bay. Eh, eh. They, they, they might... They might pass the ball twenty five times this game. I mean, this like this feels like a Dalvin Cook game. The through Patriots pass the ball twenty five times every game. <laughs> yeah, but the efficiency, the efficiency. <laughs> but now, Cousins, he's he's been passing a lot more often over the past, I think, three weeks now. Cousins in dependent on the scoring, obviously six point four point, but he's going to generally be at worst a low end uh, QB one or a high end QB two. So if you want to go with Cousins, that's fine. I think Mac has a little bit of risk baked in, which is why he's like 17th on ESPN's <coughs> rankings or whatever. Not Trevor yeah. Simeon. Great. No, not Trevor Simeon. No, don't do that. <laughs> of all the things you could do, not that. And not I thought that. I even thought about Trevor Simeon because I'm like, oh, he's playing the Eagles defense. But, <laughs> and the Eagles defense has been actually pretty good, and the Eagles are a run-heavy team now. So there might only be 14 total plays in that game. That is the grossest possible game on the slate. I, I, I'm starting up on the DFS article tonight, and I did my first look in between classes today, and I just I looked at that game, took a marker, and went big red X right over that one. I'm not playing anybody in that one. All right, let's go ahead and hop on to this next section, and then we go, we'll get to Frank Wright's question. All right. Frank Reich? Colts Frank coach Reich. Frank Reich is watching our show. Yes, yes, him, Frank Reich. <laughs> All right, we got the running back position. We're picking outside the top twenty for these guys. Jacob, you want to start us out on this? Because I'm kind of curious where you're going to go here. Yeah, sure. Uh, okay, running back is tough this week. I, I really wanted to pick Miles Gaskin, uh, but he's just inside the top twenty. Uh, I do think he's going to smash this week. This will gets the Jets, which they give up a ton of pass catching points to running backs every week. And Miles Gaskin has actually been pretty predictable this year. Uh, and as much as he does really, he, as much as he oscillates terrible performances with good performances, if you just really narrow down the matchup and matchups that prioritize pass catching from the running back position, it's actually pretty easy to know when to start Miles Gaskin this year. And I think this is the week to do it. If there's any running back who validates the dose score, um, 
it's yep. Miles Gaskin. Like the dose score exists to tell you when to play Miles Gaskin and when not to play Miles Gaskin. <laughs> oh but, man, the last time I used that line. <laughs> um, however, since you cannot play Miles Gaskin, or since we can't recommend Miles Gaskin this week, I had to go way down the list. There's a bunch of running backs that I want to pick, but I'm not sure if the starter plays or not, like a Daryl Williams, for instance. I went all the way down to running back 40 to pick my favorite running back uh, in the NFL. And I solely did this because this game has a 55 total. Uh, Dallas in this game has an implied team total of nearly 30 points. It would be easy to see this game shooting over 60 points. His backfield mate has been uh, battling a knee contusion the last couple of weeks and has been limited in practice. I'm expecting about 35 to 40% of snaps in a game that's going to have a million points. And hopefully he falls into the end zone for a touchdown. We know he's capable of explosive plays. Give me my man, Tony Pollard, this week. Yeah, I like it. I think that Tony Pollard is an interesting play. Uh, I just We haven't seen as much usage out of Tony Pollard over the past few weeks, or at least it seems like we haven't over the past uh, well, he's, 15 points last week. Yeah, I was going to say he, he had a good week last week, but that was because he's the Cowboys are up by 1,000 at halftime. Yeah. So. Which was one of my fears, you know, going into this game and trying to play some of these guys for DFS. It's like, like you just didn't know how healthy certain guys were and you didn't know who was going to produce. But it was for sure going to be a lock that at some point Tony Pollard was going to get the snaps. Shane, do you have a guy ready or do you want me to go first? I'll take myself off mute. I'm going to say uh, I would like to uh, give myself a couple outs. So I'm going to go with Daryl Williams, assuming that CEH doesn't play. Um, I think he's a smash. Okay. Um, then I'm going to go. No, no, no. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> we, we ruled against this two weeks ago. What? We last week I wanted to do this. I wanted to pick Washington tight end, and I was told uh-huh. you could not. Oh no, no, I'm if not going to pick Ceh. Then, if you no, no, no. If you pick Daryl, if you pick Daryl, you are stuck with Daryl regardless. You get Daryl if Ceh yeah. doesn't play. You get Daryl if Ceh does play. Because I got stuck with Taysom Hill. I got stuck with Taysom Hill two weeks ago. Fine. Fine. I'm going with Deontay Foreman. Um, Deontay is... <laughs> is it just Dante? I don't know. Um, Dante Foreman. Dante um, is Informo. He is pretty much, you know, made Adrian Peterson irrelevant Peterson. already. Who, who could have seen that coming? Um, Jerry Mc, Jeremy McNichols, who I thought would see an expanded role, has not. They've just said, no, 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 no. This is his role. This And it doesn't change. And, and, he's, and he's injured. He's got a concussion. Is he? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, he didn't practice today because of a concussion. Um, I, I, I generally ignore Wednesday practice reports. Like, unless the report is like the player is dead, I'm like, hey, he could still play. Um, so I'm going to go with Dante Foreman against Houston. I know he doesn't, you know, he's not a pass catcher, so the doses uh, aren't really looking in his favor there. But uh, he took two for like 62 yards he did. last week. He did, and I, w- I would say, though, you know, that's more fluky than anything, but I, I do think he could run for about 115 yards looking like a Derrick Henry light this week. Yeah. I actually almost took him. I was very, very close instead. Oh man. It was, it was so close for me. I really wanted to take him. And I was like, you know what? No, I can't, I can't, I got to stick with the dose score. And I got to go with Kenyon Drake who has seen an increased role after spending like three or four weeks in the doghouse, uh, following the departure of Chucky I mean, we've seen Kenyon Drake actually produce week after week. Last week we saw him produce, and he has a very, very sexy matchup this week according to the dose score. I'm loving, loving Kenyon Drake. I'm sticking with my dose score. I'm going with Kenyon Drake, who I know is the pass catcher. And honestly, I would have taken Josh Jacobs, but Josh Jacobs was sitting there 20, not 21. 
So it has to be outside 20? the top 20. Yeah, he's sitting there at 20, which is crazy to me. Wow. I don't understand why. Okay, well, I'm going to play a lot of Jacobs and DFS. I, I I play a lot of Jacobs and DFS two weeks, and he came up injured both times after looking like he was going to smash, which is really aggravating because I don't even like Josh Jacobs. And then when I play his ass, then he gets injured and just whatever. So anyway, he's going to get injured this week because I'm going to have like 30% Josh Jacobs <clears> and DFS. But uh, my only issue with Drake is that it's now a three-man backfield. I, I need Jalen Richard to get his ass out of there. He comes in and plays these third downs. It drives me completely crazy. But Dante Foreman, Shane, I hope that one comes through because I have now picked him up on 14 total dynasty leagues. So <laughs> let's go, man. <laughs> he's, he's, he's getting promoted to the starting lineup. I'll tell you that much. I like Foreman this week. I think he's a good play. That was a good take, Shane. All right. Let's hop into uh, Frank's question real quick. Bateman or Cooks this week? PPR. Is this something that we're actually chasing with, with Bateman or should we go ahead and go with uh, the matchup? that the Texans have, which I believe is advantageous. Tennessee, Tennessee. It's the best matchup there is. Yeah, the, the best matchup you could have for the wide receiver position, especially ones that struggle, or especially wide receivers that offer you big playability. Oh, man, this is tough. I'm thinking I'm going to go with Cooks on this one. Well, Toronto Dave in the chat just talked about the Dante Foreman grill. And if you had a Dante Foreman grill, you could Brandon Cooks up some nice meat this week. I'm going to go with Brandon Cooks. Again, Jacob, you're coming this late, but you're still coming strong. God damn it. Oh, oh, leave the Shane. Show. Shane's on mute, though, unfortunately. So he's talking. Oh, that's video. good, because I was saying some just off-color shit that really shouldn't be played on video. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, the easy thing is to say Bateman, or excuse me, to say Cooks, right? But that's really not fun. Um, and I'm guessing this is my wide receiver three or my flex two spot. So I'm just going to get a little fun with it and go with Bateman and think this is the week that he's going to break out. Sure. Look, great analysis. I'm shooting shooting for upside in my wide receiver eight position. Okay. Makes sense. That's not a position. No, it's not. Offensive position is a position on ESPN, uh, by the way. Oh. Oh my God. All right, so let's go with wide receiver. <laughs> um, I'll start out with uh, with the wide receiver position, and I'm going with uh, I'm going with Pittman. Michael Pittman is somebody that's that dominating. Top twenty four. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's actually oh, it's the top twenty, right? It's the top twenty. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even if he is outside the top twenty four, I think. Yeah, he's he's twenty five. Oh my god! Yeah, that's that's, that's easy money. Yeah, he's 25. Uh, the Bills are great up against the wide receiver position. I think they're actually number one thus far in the season. However, they struggle up against a certain archetype player, which is exactly what Michael you know, Pitts fits the Bills. We're talking about a guy who's bigger, who can go up and grab passes out of the air. We're talking about Devontae Parker, who put up 8 for 85 against them in week 8 and put up not, or 5 for 42 in week 2. Meanwhile, we have... AJ Brown, who's not really the same receiver, but he can still, you know, he still has that skill set in order to be able to do so. Seven for 91. Then we have the Jets, Corey Davis this past week, five for 93. So they struggle up against this type of wide receiver. I think Michael Pittman is on a, a heater right now, and I don't think it stops no. this week. Michael Pittman is my lock uh, and for the wide receiver. What what do Michael Pittman, AJ Brown, and Devontae Parker also have in common? 
They all have hands. They all were number 11. Oh, oh, that was a good one. Oh, that was so smart. Good job, Jacob. Good job. Uh, I'll go with T. Higgins. Um, <laughs> no, that's my pick in the show sheet. <laughs> <Is> it? <laughs> it certainly is. It certainly is. I don't know if you did this on purpose or not every no, single week. Because you do it every right, single you know, week. You know what? You know what? Every single week I pick fucking T. Higgins or I play him. Because it's not even disappointment. You have him. Okay, Shane, take your T. Higgins. I'll find someone else. I like to target share. I like to target volume. <laughs> I'm just going to keep chasing the target volume. <laughs> Dude, if you're gonna steal my pick, can you at least talk longer so I can figure out a new pick? <laughs> well, what did you like about? I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, at least buy him some time so he has a chance to get him this fight. Well, I don't care. What, what did you like about him, Jacob? <laughs> well, I, I, I like his target volume. I like his target share. <laughs> not, not, not anything else. And his target. You don't like his fantasy points. I mean, has he been terrible? He scored 13.2 fantasy points or more in three uh, three games in a row, right? Yeah, and he's also scored 13.2 fantasy points or last three games in a row. He has the same fantasy points, it seems like, every fucking game. 13.8, right. 13.7, 13.2. <laughs> yeah. That feels he's, like a guy that's on the verge of having a 20-point week to me. Every every week I play him in like half my freaking DraftKings lineups. And you know, if you play DraftKings, you get the little snowflake. If you do badly, you get the little flame. If you do well, T. Higgins is just blank every single week. It's just he just hits the number. There's no icon. I got a pick though. Wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. I, I got a little bit more time. So if you need to look something up, I oh, got yeah. you. Okay, because let's talk. Let's do it. Yeah. I, I want to bring up something from Trophy Smack, right? Because if you guys haven't heard, the Smack Zone has been smashing lately. It's where we're providing articles and content where we pretty much talk shit to y'all. And, uh, and provide you guys with, with valuable content. And Mike, or at Daddy's Home FF, actually is putting out a piece tomorrow. And I'm going to give you guys a little bit of a preview of his piece tomorrow. Because he's pretty much doing exactly what we're doing. Uh, he's actually taking Nico Collins. And he's like, hey, most people actually go with the easy way out by saying Brandon Cooks. But those are unoriginal accounts. He's going hard as a motherfucker in the paint. And he's predicting a rookie breakout performance he's going from Nico ham. Collins. He's going ham. Okay. Wait, is, is it him? Uh, I have no idea. I don't even know. Uh, anyways, he's going hard in the paint. He's predicting Nico Collins actually has his rookie breakout. Uh, the Titans can't drain the clock without Derrick Henry. And so he's predicting a lot more passing attempts. The they, they do. They do. But he's not as good as Derrick Henry. So... You know, with them being down, likely to be down, the Texans as a whole, uh, we're talking about a, a 6'4 red zone opportunity guy who not only could see opportunities in garbage time, which is a dead giveaway, but also opportunities over there uh, for, for the normal gameplay and scoring opportunities. He thinks that Tyrod Taylor can move the offense better than Davis Mills, and he thinks that Nico Collins can actually have a breakout performance in Week 11. So welcome to the rookie breakout, and welcome to Trophy Smack the smack zone over there guys and by the way if you guys want to get a trophy or a title belt like this one go to trophysmack.com use promo code circle use promo code circle and you will actually get a free ring with the purchase of a belt or a trophy just make sure that both are in your cart i'd like a trophy please shane <laughs> what what were you like as a as a five-year-old as a five-year-old yeah i smoked less. Yeah, I smoked less. Watch a lot less porn. 
Do you do you remember when you learned to ride a bike as a kid, Shane? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know why. Okay, what what was it like? Like, how many times did you fall? How many times did you scrape your knee? Uh, once. Once, right? But then you learned, and then what happened once you learned how to ride a bike? You just kept riding it. Well, then I started stealing bikes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, it's actually pretty cool that we have uh, one of the extras from the Outsiders on our screen today. But, um, anyhow, look, they always say it's just like riding a bike. You can't do it. You can't do it. You can't do it. You can't do it. Once you figure it out, you have it done for life. Jacoby Myers took three years to figure out how to score a touchdown. He finally figured it out. He breached the end zone, not just on a two-point conversion, not on a touchdown with a holding penalty calling it back. I'm going to say now that he's figured it out, he's never going to stop. Uh, I'm going to say he keeps scoring touchdowns this week, including on Thursday night. Plus, I get the added benefit where I got to nurse my lead here. So I've got to try and take plays that correlate with my co-hosts so that if they benefit, I got to block them in other spots. So I know Shane took Mac Jones. Then he went ahead. You know, he took T Higgins from me. So I've got to block him with his, with his Mac Jones pick by taking Jacoby Myers. So that when Mac throws two touchdowns to Jacoby and finishes as a QB one, I get the wide receiver one. I maintain my lead. I'm putting a little strategy into this. I like it. All right, let's hop on to another question real quick, and then we will close out our show with the tight ends. Oh, what do we have here? We have Henry or Ertz this upcoming week. Uh, Ertz has been money since landing with with the Cardinals to an extent, uh, but Henry's been money in the red zone. We talked about Henry a little bit earlier, but what's y'all's take on, on Henry and Ertz thus far? It's a really tough matchup with Ertz. I'll take Henry just because, I mean, of the two, I guess the tiebreaker is that Henry is scoring touchdowns, and that's literally it. That is literally the only difference because they're basically Hunter Henry right now is Zach Ertz right now. Like, they run the same, like, (laughs) physically. They're about, like, they're the same dude. The difference being Zach Ertz is seven years older than him and has been in the league 15 years longer. So should be older than he is, hey? He's 31. He's only 31 or so. Um, Oh, Ertz is, but I'm saying, like, Hunter Henry's, like, 27. He feels like he's 37. Well, his knees are 106. (laughs) Um, So, but I'll go with Henry. I, I mean, Mac likes him. McCorkle likes him. Likes him in the end zone. So I'll go with the the, the Henry. Yeah, I, I go with Hunter Henry as well. Really yeah, up against, up against Atlanta. I, I don't see how they don't put up points. I'm going with Hunter Henry myself. Oh man, Toronto Dave's over here just flattering me, saying my stash needs to be turned into an NFT. I love it. I think yeah, that is not a for thing. television. <clears throat> Wait, do they have television still? Is that still a thing? All right, Ooh. so let's go ahead and finish out this show. Not, with not for Disney Plus. And position. <laughs> oh, God, Disney Plus. Uh, we have the tight end, and Adam Trotman's been seeing a ton you of You have that stuff. mustache, actually. They don't let you download Disney Plus. You're, you're put on a watch list if you have a mustache and you are watching Disney movies. I use my brother, so it's cool. All right, I have Adam Trotman. Adam Trotman is my guy. He's been seeing a ton of volume lately, and he hasn't done much with it. But in an advantageous matchup in a – Position where they should, should score up against the Eagles. The Eagles are very, very bad up against tight ends. Uh, they're great up against wide receivers, but horrible up against tight ends. I'm going to take Adam Trotman. I think he's going to get in the end zone this week. He's my lock. He's my lock wow. and loaded tight end. 
Is everyone so we're so that's the problem. I haven't said locked. I don't Maybe say locked. Okay. You need to do like the lock, like never work like for Drew Lock. I was about to say you don't want to Drew Lock it. You want to actually just lock it. Yeah, but he put on for a city, man. Uh, he's he a horsecock too, so you know that's important to note. Uh, I don't know how to follow that up. I'm gonna go with uh, Cole Komet. Um, what's his name? Uh, what's that guy's name? Justin Fields. Um, it's funny I was mentioning. They have a connection. They are they are a thing. For for once, the the narrative is correct that a rookie quarterback is looking for his tight end. This for is once, the, this is like one of the few times it's actually been true. Um, <laughs> Even though there's a whole cottage industry built off of it, the uh, it's so strange. It's rookie so quarterbacks, strange. rookie quarterbacks love their tight end industrial complex. Um, <laughs> in this case, it happens to be true. So yeah, I'm it's definitely go a numbered company. <laughs> oh god, I can't tell you how many times in fantasy football discussion in the Facebook group that I've seen like, oh, rookie quarterbacks love their tight ends. Like, make sure you play. No, it's not a thing, people. It's not. A, it's actually less true than it is more true. They, they target their tight ends less often, typically because, you know, they're on routes as a fourth read and the rookie yeah. quarterbacks can't get to the fourth read. Yeah. But yeah, I so I was going to take Cole Komet and the Ravens are actually pretty good up against the tight end position. They look bad because they had to play like Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Waller, and was it Hawkinson over the first four weeks? Like it was bad. Like whatever the, the lineup was, it was yeah. brutal. It was brutal. And they got destroyed in the four-game period, but since I think they've been pretty solid, right? I mean, they haven't been They've bad. been okay. I mean, yeah, but, I mean, they haven't faced Cole Komet yet. Uh, yeah. They just shut down Mike Kosecki. Uh, Mike Kosecki <laughs> shut down himself. <laughs> he did. He, he got targets. targets and dropped them all. <laughs> he didn't drop them all. No, he didn't drop them. He just, some of them were contested. Some of them were yeah, less they were contested. contested. Some, they of were them contested. Were, some of them were thrown three feet over his head by Jacoby Brissett. You know, mix and match. But he was covered on all of them. Well, that's because he doesn't separate ever. Never has yeah. once in his life. <laughs> I can't think of another tight end that has that type of speed and that type of agility and that type of verse that cannot separate. No, that's why every like, one of his catches are made with one hand because his other hand is actually <laughs> holds the jersey of the D-back to keep him close, like Linus with a blanket. <laughs> True story. Yeah, don't forget Uzma had that massive game against him. Uh, yeah. Three catches for 91 yards, two touchdowns. And Allen Robinson is out today. Didn't even say that. What? What? Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson got hurt on the big play that he made on the last drive in the Pittsburgh game. I, he, I he, he came up lame, so he made the he made like a thirty six yard catch down the sideline, and he he pulled a hamstring on that play. Uh, he wasn't in on the touchdown play to Mooney on the next play, and then he didn't practice today. So I would be quite surprised if Allen Robinson plays. So Komet is. is you know, potentially the target leader, him or Mooney. Well, apparently Komet's going to be a top five. I want bonus points when he's top five tight end. <laughs> all right. All right. Jacob, did you mention your guy yet? I don't think you did. I haven't. And I actually have to amend my guy. I originally had Logan Thomas because there was some optimism you would play last week. And then they, they lost Ricky Seals Jones uh, in this game to a hip flexor. So I thought Logan Thomas for sure would play this week. But he uh, has not been activated off the IR practice window yet. Uh, So it sounds like he probably will not play this week. That means, for those keeping track at home, the Washington football team tight end is a guy named John Bates. John Bates. Who? John John Bates. Bates. Who the fuck is John Bates? Uh, And you know what? Because I have such a large lead, I'm going to do this just for the memes. Uh, 
if you play, I, <laughs> Teddy Carter said this on a good football show on Monday, but so I'm just going to quote him. He's just like, if you are the tight end for the Washington football team, then you are the tight end for the Washington football team. And you play every snap and you run every route. <laughs> and that's, that means John Bates is probably going to run every single pass route this week for the Washington football team. And we don't even know who he is. I don't care. I'm playing John Bates as my streaming tight end of the week. So I actually do know who John Bates is. He's a fourth-round pick. I mean, he's a fourth-round pick. He's actually a a very good blocker. He's the blocking tight end for Washington this time. His route running is absolutely atrocious. So I'd be shocked. I would be shocked. I mean, Ricky Seals-Jones was brought on because they needed a backup pass catcher. Yeah, they they needed a move tight end who – is regardless is still their tight end, right? Like he's the slot stuff. John Bates most likely still stay in and, and block way more often, but he they have any other tight end on the roster? Do they have any other no, tight end? He's gonna he's gonna have a hundred percent snap share <laughs> and he's gonna have eight targets. Like yeah, that's so, what the watch is. Do they have another potential move tight end? Because they seem like Where's Sammy Reyes? I heard about Sammy Reyes. Run. Is he on the IR? Uh, I have to look that up. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, Sammy Re- Are you kidding me? Sammy Reyes is an absolute monster pass catcher, but he's Where's Jeremy playing... Sprinkle when you need him? Uh, he's on Dallas now. <laughs> oh, um, do they still have Thaddeus Moss? Where is he? Uh, he is with somebody else, but got cut. So he, he uh, he's in the NFL. Rough Riders. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. But okay, you're Sammy Reyes you're was Sammy the rugby Reyes star. Him? He's a rugby star. Yeah, uh, I, I got to look it up. No, I'm gonna um, look him up right now because I'm gonna pick him if he's if he's. I healthy. think I think Logan Thomas plays this week. Based on why they activated today, <laughs> uh, they they it's been a, a thing as of late where they don't activate the players up until uh, Saturdays game. as yeah. of late. Like yeah, they, they, it's been they a thing. This year. No, but, no but they didn't open his practice window. Didn't they? Act, I thought I. Could, could I thought they did last wrong. week. I thought they I activated thought they did last, week. last week. No, he, they didn't. They didn't open his practice window last week. Well, okay, well, how about this? I'm going to not take John Bates in. If you think Thomas is going to play, you're our official Washington football team correspondent, so that's fine. I'll, I will take I, I will, I will take Evan Ingram in. I'll take Evan Ingram. Okay. I, I, I'll let you have the Washington football team tight end because we are so up in arms about this and have no clue. Nope. Like, this is the nope. most unprepared we've been for any topic thus far in the entire season. Like, out nope, of I, all the shows we've done. No, I, I, I don't want to – look, I have too too large of a lead to put my wins in some form of any sort of nefariousness. I, I don't want anybody right. to review the tape and see that I skirted around the official constitution of the Fantasy Intervention Podcast, <laughs> LLC. Uh, I will simply take Evan Ingram, who will have eight targets, it is actually an LLC, by the way. and 21 <laughs> yards, uh, and, and he'll finish tight end 22. All right, it's in there. It's in there. All right, so that ends our I, show. I, I I don't understand if he's on the IR or not. I just looked it up on the internet, and they said he didn't practice today, and he's technically still on the IR. I don't know, like, but the practice was something that he could have done apparently. So it's that twenty-one so day two, window where steps. you're allowed to practice. It's two steps. So you're if you're on the IR, they designate you for return. There you go. Which opens a twenty-one day window. You're still right. on the IR, but then you're practice eligible. But I thought he was practicing last week, but then he didn't practice Wednesday. So I don't know if he had a setback or uh, it's very confusing to me. But well, he um, practiced. So he practiced and then he felt tightness because um, 
Oh, right. He got sore. I remember. Yeah, yeah. I remember he got. No, he's he practicing, sore. but I don't think he's. Yeah, I don't think he's playing this week. If you do want to switch to John Bates. All right. No, so I, I, I mean, I'll it. just go with Ingram. I, I don't want to play blocker Bates. And Sammy Reyes played against the box, but he mostly played special teams. So you can you can activate their or you can announce their ability to uh, practice at any point in time. However, they have not done it yet for Thomas. <clears throat> he can do it. They can literally do it tomorrow if they want to, and, and he'll be good to go. Uh, and then he can play this upcoming week. <clears throat> However, he was last week working on the sidelines mm. with the training staff and with the quarterback, catching passes and running a few minor routes. So okay. Logan Thomas can actually play this upcoming week. It's still very possible. Uh, there's no limitation on when they can announce his return to practice. However, they still have to announce it before he ter- returns to team drills. So he can see practicing. He can keep practicing on the sidelines. He can still do individual drills, but in order to return to team drills, you have to announce that they have returned to practice, and then he can play at any time. Yeah, I'm still not feeling great. I hope he plays because in my my home dynasty league, and it's a crucial week. I'm I'm five and five in that league right now. I have Goddard as my tight end one who got concussed, and then I have Thomas as my tight end two who might not play. I picked up Ricky Seals Jones, so I've been playing in lieu of Thomas. He goes and fucks up his hip, so all of a sudden I'm going to be playing Cameron Bray. That's brutal. That's absolutely brutal. Bradle. All right. Bradle is actually is, is what it means Bradle. when it's when, when you're playing camera break because it's both brutal and it's fatal. Oh god, I need a glass of whiskey on this one. All right. I can't believe we ahead. just talked that much time about Logan Thomas. I apologize to everyone. <laughs> uh we actually gained listeners to apologize the time, to and they've no all stuck around. <laughs> no, no, they've all stuck around after we started talking about <laughs> Logan Thomas. Believe it or not. But no, let's go ahead and let's get out of here. Let's close out this episode. We uh we got some things to do. I know you have an article, right, Jacob? And so I have to edit one. And Shane probably has to, I don't know, go sit in his kid's bedroom and talk about weird stuff like he did last week. So let's go ahead and let's get out of here. <laughs> and that sounded completely I now I need He's everyone to go watch so last week's last episode. Week's show. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Actually, before I start my article, can I go take a shower and <laughs> Dude, I had to take so many showers last week after talking about Jalen Rager, and he didn't even go off. It was gross. No, Rager is right. done. Wes Watkins has led their team in snaps the last two weeks. Oh, that's gross. That's gross. No, Jalen. All right, all right, all right. Can I can I address one more thing before we get off the show? We still have a few listeners in. I want to bring up the uh, the the whole talk about how the Eagles could draft a third wide receiver. For the or uh, a wide receiver for the third year in a row in the first round. Mm. Yeah, they because probably should do that. Like, There's been I, literally no chatter of that in Philadelphia, by the way. It's just been around like everywhere else. Yeah, the, the, there's been literally no chatter. All they've talked about, like the, honestly, everyone covering the team, is if it's not quarterback, um, you better expect the defensive line. And they um, got to get younger on defense overall. And they right? got, they got to get younger on the yeah, O-line too. Lane, Jans- Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, those guys will not be around forever. Yeah. Yeah. But, and their D line is, I mean, Fletcher Cox, I love the guy, but he's pretty much washed and their defensive ends. They have one that's going to be under the age of 34 next year signed. So yeah, they, they, they need help. Something, something fierce on defense. I wouldn't be surprised at all to see them go defensive end, defensive tackle and quarterback, to be quite honest with you. Or, or defensive end, offensive line. They, they might. I mean, I don't know. I, it, look, if, if Hertz plays the way he did last week, where he was an excellent, great first half. Oh, and he then, looked so different last week. And then he game-managed the shit out of the second half. 
that's all that you know. I mean, he, he played continues. well against the Chargers too. I thought. I thought. He, I mean, he missed the one wide open touchdown to Goddard. But yeah. I for the most part, he played quite well in that game. He um yeah. I mean, the he only game won that was, game. The, the only game he was complete completely useless was the Detroit game because Detroit just gave up immediately. So the Eagles right. ran for four hundred fifty yards. He didn't have to do anything. Yeah. yeah. But no, he's looked he's looked good as they've taken responsibilities away from him, which I don't know is a good thing. But he's I, I also think it is a good thing, right? Like, I mean, we're all praising Mac Jones. They run the ball for making percent of the simple. time, and then they right. make it simple on him, yeah. right? Like that's yeah. that's what and you should do for a rookie quarterback instead of saying, "Here, yeah. Jalen, pass the ball forty times, and then also make run the fifteen times." And also, yeah. yeah, and make every read and decide if we're running or passing here. So it's yeah, been it's nice insane. that they've yeah they've lined them up under center. Um, they've done that thing where the running back's behind him and he gives them the ball and goes forward. So they've been doing that. And he actually, yeah, he had one, it, his interception was really bad last week, but I, outside of that, honestly, he looked a lot better. The, the pass he threw to Quez Watkins was an absolute dime. Oh, the one he Quez, dropped? Yeah. Quez was just like, I don't know this. <laughs> um, and even the touchdown to Smith where everyone praised Smith. I mean, he put it only where Smith could get it. You know what I mean? Like he, yeah literally the only place that it could have a play could have been made. So look, and you know, I trashed guy earlier this year, but he looked, he did, had, did look fabulous last week. I, I love, uh, I love what I've seen in a hurts the last few weeks. And, and yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah, they've reduced responsibility. That's what you should do for rookie quarterback. It shouldn't be, you know, go 55 of our plays every single week, rely on your arm or your legs. It's, it's, it's irresponsible. Uh, and especially with a super young wide receiver core as well. I don't know if I, I fire the Eagles. I mean, I'd consider going wide receiver in the draft. I mean, they only have one, <laughs> like, um, you know, we'll see if, what they end up doing with Goddard. I, I assume that they'll extend him since Ertz walked. Uh, but I mean, Jalen Rager is absolutely not it. Uh, I, I like some of what I've seen out of Quez Watkins this year. I think he's a fun player, but I think he's probably more of a third wide receiver, uh, not, not a second wide receiver. Yeah. Um, and I think Rager's, Rager's and Rager's just, a I think we're done. With, like, I think we've seen what we need to see out of Jalen Rager, which is you not, know, not an NFL player. I think he'd be fine as practice squad. Um, yeah, he'd be a great piece. Not scout team, though, because you don't want your defense playing against him because they'll get overconfident <laughs> and they'll think <laughs> they can just shut anyone down. That's very true. Have you guys seen that new uh, that, that kid out of TCU that everybody's talking about for Debbie Leagues where he's oh, Quentin Johnson? 2020. Yeah, and everybody's like, oh, this dude is going to be the shit. It's I like, can't this do is the TCU. third TCU, no TCU wide receiver. No Baylor. Those are my two I rules. Heard that no. no TCU, like, no Baylor. Mm-mm. Oh, he's the wide receiver three in Debbie right now. I'm like, why? Why? No, no you look. This is so stupid. So get your wide receivers at the um the boutique store or the, 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 the high price stores like Alabama. That's fine. You just go there and get one of them. I, I, well, depending. Uh, but most of the times, so oh, it's going to work out for you there. Well, I'm just. I don't want to get dark at the tail end of that. No, I'm not getting dark. I'm just saying, but like, like eighty percent. It feels like eighty percent of the Alabama receivers have have worked out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like going back to Amari Cooper, Ohio like, State uh, too. That's your other spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, like you got like, and even the ones that don't even have good profiles, right? Like Michael Thomas and Terry McLaurin didn't even have good profiles. Yeah, Terry McLaurin. Awesome. They were both sleepers. Paris Campbell they, sucks, but yeah. he also got injured like seven million times, and he's just a disintegrated ball of dust now that goes by Paris Campbell. Well, and Curtis Samuel is a trash can too. No, he's fine. He's good. He's just in, he doesn't have a groin anymore. That's his problem. His dick is well, just floating in the air. When was Curtis Samuel drafted tendons. in like the third round? He's got ghost like, dick. <laughs> the second round, I think. He ghost does. Dick. He doesn't have a groin anymore. So he's just he has uh, legs 
and he has a body, and, a and then he has like he's he's no, no. he's got a jock strap that holds up his penis in a jar, <laughs> and it just descends. Uh, he can't even get hard anymore. That's the sad thing. Wow, because that's, he doesn't uh, have any blood that's able to flow there, so he just has a flaccid. I've been writing down times jar for Trevor. Jock strap. Trevor's been clipping our shows lately, by the way, and Trevor's doing an amazing job. I've been writing down the show times a little tiny description next to it. I'm writing on ghost dick for <laughs> no, don't worry what though. He's a show. He's a, 17 minutes. Don't worry about Curtis though. He's a shower, not a grower. So he's still and gets a shock strap to hold up your penis. Yeah. The human tripod. All right, guys. Let everybody know where to find you. We'll start out with Shane. Uh, we, we did this at the beginning of the show. Yeah, let's do it again for the oh, people that are joining. You can find me uh on the Dynasty Trades HQ podcast. There's a hat. You can find me on Dynasty <laughs> Trades in Five uh, YouTube. Make sure you go subscribe. Um, if you have five minutes and you like Dynasty Trades, that's what we talk about. So, dude, that. do you guys need a hat that says "I finished in five? Okay, I might actually fucking do that and not, not give you any credit for it. Um, <laughs> Mannequin Chill, you can find me here. Writings at DLFNFantasyData.com. All right, that's Jacob. It. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, FF underscore RTDB. You can find me every Wednesday on the Fantasy Intervention with Chase and Shane, except not next Wednesday, uh, but the Wednesday after that. Um, and then you can find me on the Full Tilt Odyssey podcast every Friday, except most of the Fridays coming up. Going uh, forward. And then you can find me for one more show, No Free Squares, on Saturday before we take a little hiatus for three weeks. And you can find my article... Uh, almost every Friday, uh, the Pareto Principles on playerprofiler.com. If you are just joining and none of this makes sense to you, uh, I am a law student. If this is your first ever watch this show, uh, we have exams coming up. I have four straight exams, December 13, 14, 15, 16, and two papers due right before that. So basically these three weeks, I'm paring down my fantasy football responsibilities by half uh, to try and not flunk out of school. I will be back in full force for the fantasy playoff run 15 through 17 to get you all of those championships and if you Let's wanted go. to know what type of law he's studying it's bird law bird <laughs> law <laughs> hey thank you guys for tuning in you all can find all of our content do you know what there. the study of birds is called god damn it it's ornithology <laughs> the facts that nobody ever well, how would I, what kind of bird lawyer would i be if i didn't know that <laughs> It's a really bad one. You guys go check out all of our content over there at joinourcircle underscore on Twitter. You guys can find all my stuff at FF underscore intervention. You guys can go check out the dose score at fantasyintervention.com slash D-O-C-E. And we're doing amazing things over there at Trophy Smack uh, and Player Profiler as well. So go check out both of those websites. I mean, I don't really know what else to say about it. It's just been amazing. The Smack Zone at Trophy Smack. Absolutely love it. If you guys want to pick up a trophy or a title belt and you guys want a free ring with that, a free $60 ring with that, go check out trophysmack.com. Use promo code CIRCLE and you'll get a free ring. We appreciate you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Fantasy Football Discussion. And thank you all for this interview with your fantasy. God damn it. Go. Look, if you know a bird that has been harmed. Thank you, guys, (laughs) for listening to me with your fantasy football life.
So trophysmack.com. See, they got these trophies that are like three or four feet tall. Like they're insane. You can get one like fish bowls on it. You can get one with like bobbleheads on it. It is sick, man. You guys got to go check out trophysmack.com. I mean, you heard it. Ian didn't even know. And he literally vouched for the company without even knowing the news vouching for it. Go check out trophysmack.com. While you're there, go enter in promo code CIRCLE. Once again, that's promo code CIRCLE. You will get a free ring valued at 60 bucks. So go check out trophysmack.com. Go enter in the promo code CIRCLE to get your free ring.